and 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 there's one other important thing also, um, Anthony. Just one quick question here, right? Yeah. Do you? Because I know that you are a lawyer. Yeah. Have you done bankruptcies before? I I try not to let my clients go there, <laughs> la, Right. <laughs> <laughs> so so I mean we, we we've done a few restructurings, yes. right? Um, where. There were bonds or there were loans, and then they defaulted because cannot pay. Yep. And then there's this whole you know chain effect, right? Yep. Um. But yeah, there's that's that's yep. painful. I try not to get there. So for 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 bonds, right? One feature for bonds, unlike stocks, is that um, as a bondholder, you are you you are actually entitled to claim the assets of the company. So let's say if a company, if you know today, if as as a lawyer, you have to do all the bankruptcies of one company that company would have, have to actually sell off its assets in order to pay the bondholders and the lenders first before they pay whatever is remaining to the shareholders. So in other words, if I'm a bond bondholder or, or a bond investor, what's going to happen is that I actually have that rightful claim to the assets of the company. And if the company has rich assets, you know, like cash, uh, cash in their bank account, if they own properties, they would have to actually sell off all these properties, sell off, you know, use the cash to actually pay the bondholder. So in some ways, as a bondholder, what benefit you get is that safety of assets which the company has. And that's sort of aside from, you know, trying to understand uh, who the issuer is, the coupon, and of course, the maturity of um, the bond itself. But I mean, okay, so just to round out that picture, right? So let's say we are talking about unsecured bonds. Because, you know, if, if you are... Because if your bond has security, then you know that that cash is definitely yours, right? For example, um, that that if you have charge over a bank account, then then that's the security you have to secure your bonds, la. But you know, I think to be very clear, um, even if it's an unsecured bond, um, what what you are really talking about is the liquidation event or an insolvency event, mm. right? Where, you know, they they cannot pay any of their debt over holders, um, you know, liabilities more than assets or whatever the test. So for insolvency is now, I don't even know. Um, then, then you 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 essentially sell off your assets. Like like you 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 got a home loan. You cannot pay your home loan. The the bank come back and sell your yeah. house, la, Right. I think that that's essentially what it is. Um. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think what one thing you kind of need to be careful about is that if the same issuer has given security over other assets, mm-hmm. right? So for example, if Fraser's bought a building, they, they would naturally have taken a mortgage over that building to, to borrow money to buy it, mm-hmm. right? And then they separately issued bonds and then you bought the bonds. Um, as If they ever go insolvent, that hope not, you know, otherwise we are already in trouble or so, um, the, the building gets taken over by the bank first, mm-hmm. the bank lender first, right? Because their security, that's priority there. And only when, you know, that building has been sold off, that bank debt has been repaid, any excess cash comes back to you, mm-hmm. right? And, and I think, you know, so so yes, you do have claims to the assets, but in priority to your shareholders, but you are lower in priority to secured creditors, mm-hmm. right? And, and I guess that's also why we have secured bonds, yeah. <laughs> where, where you kind of have priority um, in respect of certain assets, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's kind of what makes it interesting. And we can talk about all these other type of credit enhancement features as well, right? Because you have um, security, you can have guarantees, you can have all this kind of like fun legal stuff, which I don't want to do day to day, so I don't know why I'm talking about it here. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, idea is there. Idea is there. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, 
maybe you can just take a step back, right? Mm. And if we talk about bonds in general, I, I think what you have answered about secure and unsecure, I think it's very um, crucial here. But if you take a step back, you know, like what you said, there are also a lot of different kind of bonds out there, right? Like what you have mentioned about secure and unsecured, um, you also have bonds or companies which easily default, right? So these are what you call your high-yielding bonds or um, back in the days when I was working as a credit analyst is what uh, people call a junk bond, right? Yeah, this I, I thought high-yielding was really very polite. <laughs> yeah. So companies, so companies, they issue bonds, but they're also companies of a very low quality which also wants to issue bonds because no banks will actually lend them money. Okay, okay. So that's where your junk bonds come in. So that's, that's, that's junk bonds. I remember like um, years back when you have like all if, the... If Twitter, you know, managed to issue bond instead of getting their LBO, yes, that's junk bond. Yeah, so like um, oil and gas, like yep. the oil and gas companies where, you know, after the oil price crashed, um, a lot of oil and gas companies couldn't service their bonds and mm. they actually defaulted. So those are one group, you know, of bonds um, where, you know, you could actually buy and hopefully, you know, you can get some value out of it. So that's one. Uh, you have your government bonds, you know, you have your corporate bonds. Uh, you also have um, your your state-owned companies, you know, your companies like Singtel, Capital Land. Uh, these are the guys which are frequent uh, issuers or frequent borrowers of bonds. You also have government agencies. So the interesting thing here, you know, bonds is not just limited to corporates. You know, you also have HDB. Yeah. Yeah. HDB bonds. I mean, it's like government, but they pay you more. Yeah. You know, so why not, right? <laughs> JTC, JTC bonds. You have HDB bonds. Uh, Sabana Jurong. So a lot of these big. Um, okay. That one is not like the others. Yeah. <laughs> that one's not like the others. But and, yes, I get that one. And you know, you, don't be surprised. You know, when when I first saw um, SMU coming out with their own bonds as well. I mean, anything is possible as long as you know you are someone who wants to borrow money. Yeah. A bond would be the perfect instrument for, you know, organizations, right? Schools, uh, companies, government organizations to actually raise money for, to, to, to borrow money through using a bond instrument. And yeah. it's wonderful because many of these organizations, you know, they tend to have a lot of money, right? Endowments, charity, mm. and they tend to be well-funded by the government. And these guys, you know, if you don't think that um, schools, like for example, SMU, you know, you would have never thought that uh, SMU would default. There's no such such thing as a school running out of money, right? Well, I, I this mean, will actually make <laughs> you know perfect instruments for bonds. No, see, I, I don't really agree there, right? Because I don't I don't know whether how SMU makes money. <laughs> and if they don't make money, how can they repay my bond? You know, they they I they should, okay. I don't know if they are for profit enterprise. Maybe they are, um, but. Hope they're not. I, I don't know. Right. I, I think this is one of those things where I say I don't know more than anything else. But you know, I think that there's so so there's two two kind of very interesting things that I caught, right? So so one is, you know, I, I guess we, we talked about, you know, high yield junk. Um, but then that above that there's also like, you know, investment grade and all that. And and really what that how you categorize this is really by credit ratings, right? Um, by your Moody's, S P, um, whatever. And I mean, there's, again, a lot of doubts around whether the, the ratings are credible and all that, but, mm. you know, it's, it's a shorthand, lah, right? Yep. Have information better than don't have. Okay, so, so that's one. And then with the credit rating, that kind of gives you a very high-level view of the risk of the company and therefore a, also a very high-level view, a, a very high-level view of the yield you should get out of the company, mm. right? Because if, you know, theoretically, if it's really, really safe, like Singapore government um, versus very risky like 
I don't. I can't think of a risky Singapore company. Everybody very safe. Um, very risky like Credit Suisse, <laughs> right? Um, nowadays, <laughs> then then you don't the the use like you can't expect Singapore government pay you four percent, Credit Suisse pay you four percent, right? Who would buy Credit Suisse in that sense? Why Singapore government? You know, so that like you the the more you you get the the more risk in a sense or risk of non payment in a sense that that you are supposed to you know that you are taking on la. So mm. I think that that's something to to be a bit wary about. Then uh, I think one one last thing, uh, two two last things before we, we kind of end off here. You know, we, you're talking about oh junk bonds, that oil and gas, that that people are close to default, and you can buy them and hope to make money. But how do you make money, right? Like we, we keep talking about coupon and, and getting you know kind of interest payments, but that's fixed, right? You issue in twenty twenty one to twenty twenty six. In twenty twenty three, you know the interest is there. You know that that interest is not going to change. So even if it, it you know the the company seems like it's dying. And you buy in 2023 because you think you'll turn around. How, how do you actually make money from the bond besides the coupon payment? Mm. Like, like what, what's the relationship there? Okay. Um, so the thing about bonds and the thing, the, the thing about cash flow, right, is I think it's also very important to actually understand that um, there are two very basic types of companies. One, you know, you have your high quality companies and those are usually what you call your high grade bonds as um, classified by your credit rating agencies, right? Um, another end of the spectrum is, you know, like what we have mentioned, I've got your high yield bonds or the junk bonds, right? So typically, these are the companies where they have, you know, they are at sort of at a starting phase of their business cycle, perhaps, and they're actually looking to expand their business, right? Um, of course, unfortunately, you know, they might not have that kind of cash flow. So what's going to happen is like, typically, um, they, they might be able to pay the coupons, but at the end of the life, at the end of the cycle of the bond, or when the bond go to mature, they would actually have to actually borrow a new bond to replace the existing bonds. So that's what I call um, more of these um, higher yielding bonds or the junk bonds, right? So in terms of the cash, in terms of the profits, you know, it, they might not be as strong, um, and they still have to rely on borrowing money in the future to replace um, whatever money, right, which they owe to people, right, be the banks or. Or, or the bondholders. On the other hand, high-quality companies, you know, like our uh, state-owned enterprises, our, our GLCs, our government agencies, you know, they, they tend to have pretty strong cash flow, pretty strong profits, and that allows them to actually service the interest, um, to service um, the bonds, the maturity of the bonds, the principle of the bonds. Mm. But, you know, when, when we talk about trading bonds, there's a price, right? So, I, I don't even know. Like, if we subscribe to 250k, uh, it's a new issuance, the, the Fraser's issuance. Um, then that's what priced at a dollar. Um, does that ever change, mm. or is it always like kind of priced at a dollar? And if I want to buy it next year, I, I also buy it at a dollar. Or does that price kind of fall? Or in- I I don't think it can ever increase because you are paying a dollar and five cents to get a dollar back. That that's stupid. <laughs> um, but yeah, does it ever like decrease or how 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 do we look at like price fluctuations of of yep. bonds? Okay, so bonds unlike stocks, right? Have so stocks, you have uh, different prices, different trading prices every day. For bonds, when they issue bonds, they will always issue at what you call a par value or face value. And this face value always have a numerical uh, figure. So it always have a number. And this number can either be what you call uh, $100, $1,000, or 100% or 100 points. So whatever you call it, right? So there is always a number. And this number, it's always in, you know, either 100 or 1,000. Okay. Okay. Nice. Now, numbers, I like. Yes. So when you invest, <laughs> let's say, um, if you put in $250,000 in a bond, um, what's, 
with a face value of 100, it means that you're buying the full value of the bond, the full face value of the bond. So you're paying the full $250,000. Now, if the bond price or if the face value drops, right? If it drops from 100 to 80, what's going to happen is that when you put in $250,000 to buy this bond, you're not going to pay the full 100% of it. You are going to pay 80% of the bonds. Okay. So that is how we measure the bond price or you know how bond prices actually fluctuates. So it's very different because when I'm going to buy a bond today um, at say $100 in face value, at the end of say, when the bond matures, mm-hmm. I'm going to get back the full $100 or the full So 100%. you get back face value at maturity. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Yep. Right. Um, you know, for retail bonds, if I, you know, retail bonds are denominated in a small amount. So say it's $1,000. So when I'm, if I have $1,000 and if I'm going to buy a bond which has a face value of 100, I'm paying the full price of the bond. Now, if that bond goes down to 90, right? $90 of the face value. When I put in that $1,000, I'm not going to actually pay the full $1,000, Anthony. I'm going to pay only 90% of what that bond is fully worth. Okay. So that's how um, the market buys the, uh, the market values all these bond prices. So when the time when the company issues the bond to it matures, you know, like stocks, it will move up and down, right? So it can go from 100 and it can go, it goes down to below 100 or sometimes it can go above 100, right? And really it depends on if, okay, sorry, if the value of the bond drops below 100, you're actually buying a bond at a discount, yeah. right? So if you put in a $1,000, it's going to be, you know, $900 if it drops to 90. If the face value goes above, you know, from 100 to say 110, this $1,000, you probably would have to actually top up more than $1,000 to actually buy these bonds. Okay. So that's how uh, bonds work, you know, when you're trading bonds, you know, on a daily basis. Yeah. So it's very different from stocks because stocks will have that unlimited potent, uh, unlimited capital gains or capital loss losses. So a stock could go up, you know, from $100 to $200 to $300 or from $100, it could drop to $50 to $10. But for a bond, you know, you... You could have that kind of up, up and down uh, movement, but it might not be as uh, volatile as a stock. Okay. And at the end of the day, at the end of the maturity, you will still get back that face value. You will still get back 100. Yes, yeah. you still get back 100. Okay, so let, let, I think maybe an example because like, numbers are confusing. Um, you know, let, let's say I have $1,000. Um, the face value now is 100. So I buy like kind of 10 bonds in a sense. Lah. I know that that's not technically accurate, but you know, 10, 10 bonds in a sense. Um, if it drops to let's say fifty again, round numbers easier. Um, then and and I feel like I cannot hold anymore. I my house getting foreclosed by the bank. I need to sell, so I will sell at whatever the market price is at that time. So I get if it's actually my thousand dollars become five hundred dollars. Yes, plus whatever coupon I receive, mm-hmm. right? Um, then but if of that thousand dollars, I was supposed to get a five percent coupon, mm-hmm. right? So I got fifty dollars every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a year later, it drops to you know fifty fifty dollars. Um, do I still get uh, sorry, 500, uh, 50 in terms of face, 500 in terms of face value, right? Do I still get 50 mm-hmm. every year? Yep. So you will still get the same amount of coupons okay. which you will be getting. So that kind of means that if I can buy at that 500 um, price point, my yield is 10%, not 5% anymore. Because I get, you know, um, five, I get 50 bucks, right? Yep. Oh, that, that's nice. I like that. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> great, right? <laughs> yeah, so that's, like so that's the beauty of bonds, right? Yeah. Um, um, Anthony, if I were to compare, you know, a bond to say a dividend stock, mm. right? Um, 
I don't really have to bother about the risk of the price movement of a stock. You know, it, it could go up, it could go down, you know, it could forever go down. But a bond is such that, you know, if it goes down, and if I tell myself, hey, you know, I'm just going to hold it and I'm not going to sell it, at the end of, you know, a, a certain number of years, I'm going to get my, 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 my full principal, right? If I buy a bond, which is, you know, trading at a huge discount, say it's trading at 50% of the face value. So from $1,000, you know, I only have to pay $500 for the bond. At the end of the maturity, I'm going to get back $1,000. Yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, like, and, and you get 10% you immediately. That's great, right? Who, who wouldn't love that? Okay, so that kind of, you know, brings me to the last point, right? Like, you, you, you see, you know, pri- like bond prices do fluctuate, your, your yields do fluctuate. Um, a, a bit of mentality there about whether you are there to trade the bond, in which case you are really concerned about price, or if, you know, or, or essentially it's your holding power, like, or you are happy just to hold and get that yield. And, you know, 1,000 to 500 IR, who cares? I still get my 50 bucks and mm-hmm. I'm happy, right? So, so I think that that's partially a mentality question. Like we, we all kind of ask ourselves when we buy a bond, right? Like why, why are we doing this? What do we, what, what's our objective here? But, you know, I think one last point I kind of wanted to pick up was, you know, we, we talked a bit about volatility, right? And it's less volatile than, than shares. You know, I, I kind of get that. But to me, my, my mind is always high flux, right? Um, in the sense that you, you get returns. I'm not sure you get 6 7 8%. You, that's great, right? But if shit hits the fan, sorry, um, if, if something terrible happens, um, then you get zero or you get, you know, 10 cents on the dollar, mm. right? And that is kind of the risk, you know? You, you either make 8% or you lose 90 or 80%, mm. right? You know, it, it's kind of asymmetric that way. So it's, it's less volatile, yes, completely understood, but your, like, it, 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 to me, it feels very asymmetric risk, right? Compared to, let's say, equities where your asymmetric risk tends to be to the upside because, I mean, you buy 1,000, it can go to zero, fine, but it can go to 6,000. You know, so so you you can you can still make money there, right? So so I I don't know, like do do is this the correct way to think about? And but then you know against all these people say that bonds are less risky, mm-hmm. you know. So so is this the right way to think about it? Are they really really less risky? You know, in, in reality, or is it just oh the price doesn't move that much, so it feels less risky? But actually, you know what, you still need to think about this. Yeah, I yeah. I think that's a very valid point. Um. I mean, it, it always boils back down to really two things, right? There are, there are really two different things here at play. Because uh, the first is actually looking at whether the bond, the bond's issuer is having a high quality or not. And again, you know, it boils back down to trying to learn how to actually assess these bonds, right? Uh, fundamentally. Uh, you know, we have to also put on our cap as our thinking cap as an investor. When we are looking at um, companies which issue bonds, you know, we want to know that whether the company is actually growing well, you know, in terms of its revenue, is it growing its revenue, you know, is it growing its profits, does it have actually cash flow? And do they have enough profits to be able to pay the interest, um, the, the the coupons of these bonds, right? Which they owe to yourself yeah. and like myself. So we have to actually look at that. We have to actually assess um, the profitability of the business of the company itself. We will also have to know, um, you know, their financial position. So meaning whether they have cash in the bank, you know, whether they, they are ready to actually take out the money and pay you back um, at the end of the maturity. So, you know, companies like, for example, High Flux, right? You know, this is a company where the, the reason why they defaulted is because, um, a lot of their, even though that they were growing revenues, but they weren't really making money. Um, you know, for the past few, 
before they actually defaulted. So when they were borrowing money, they were already in you know the the rates or the losses. So this is this is really what I call your high yielding bonds or the junk bonds. So that's just one 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 approach to to look at it. The, the other approach, which um a lot of people say that is you know bonds are safe and all that, is are the bonds where you know you are looking at a very high quality or high credit quality of the issue and also you're looking at our Singapore government bond. I mean, look, for me, I I would never think that our government would ever fail, right? I mean, if it feels like what you say, our CPF would get wiped out. Yeah, like, our CPF is you know, like, we have much, much bigger problems yeah, than and, our and, portfolio. And, and the Singapore government, you know, when they issue a bond, you know, I would say it's going to be very, very safe, yeah. right? It, it all boils down to, you know, what, how much will I be compensated for? You know, how much will I be compensated for? You know, how much interest are, are they going to pay me? So that's something which boils down to the individual investors, right? So that's something which I'll look at. So I will look at bonds from two different points of view, right? One is you're looking at, you know, very high risk, very risky bonds, you know, where these companies, you know, they, they, they might be growing revenues, but they might not, might not be making money, you know, but they do have bonds. So I think that's something which, investors, you know, like yourself and myself, we should actually pay attention to. Um, on, and on the other side of the spectrum, you know, we have to be, you know, we want to actually focus on these bonds where they're safe, right? Where we know that, you know, there's a very high chance where we're going to get our principal back, you know, where we're going to be paid our coupons or the interest uh, which we can get. And, you know, these are the set of bonds where they are, they are really going to give that, you know, very safe, very steady form of um, income for ourselves. Yeah. Okay, so I think the idea is not all bonds are safe. We still need to think about it. It cannot just blindly buy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, la. sounds sounds about right. <laughs> that, that, that makes sounds sense. about right lah. <laughs> yes. Huh? Okay. Okay. I th I think that that's about it. Thank thanks for that. I think that was a good first episode. Let you know audience if you like it, please follow us on. Know, whatever podcast platform you're on, I think Spotify. I listen to Spotify. Some people use Apple, whatever, right? Um, follow us, like us, you know, subscribe, and tune in next week. We'll have more about, I think, how to assess bonds because I don't know. So again, <laughs> we are here to find out. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so much, Anthony. I really enjoyed myself. Man. Thanks, man. <laughs>